And hello and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set Your Free Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host Nathan Jones, and we welcome you to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Ministry of Lamb Lion Ministries. For those of you that are new to our program, we would encourage you to get your Bibles so that you can follow along with us and share this program with your friends and family if you're following us on social media. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word that uh, lights our paths, and uh, we thank you for all those who are tuned in, Lord. Uh, we all are here to seek and understand you better. And I pray, Lord, you reveal yourself to us through your word, through the book of Ezekiel as we've been going through it, uh, so that we can know you better, Lord, and grow in our relationship with you. We thank you, Lord, for your great love for us in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning into our Truth We Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones as we're looking at the amazing book of Ezekiel. So I encourage you to stay tuned to today's program. And before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother. Always good to be on. Uh, Merry Christmas this season. I hope that you and yours are being blessed. I, I hear you're getting quite the full quiver of grandchildren. Well, Nathan, right there, we already have one of the greatest uh, gifts. Uh, my granddaughter, my actually third granddaughter, it's on the way, Nathan. What a wonderful uh, Christmas present that's going to be for us for the holidays. Oh, nice. No grandsons yet, though, huh? You know, Nathan, so far we have a good history of having girls first. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, two of your own. Well, that's great, brother. Praise the Lord. Yeah, and uh, but we are so excited for that and for the holidays, Christmas, then New Year's. It's just amazing, Nathan, how what God has done this past year uh, with the ministry and all the wonderful things that he has allowed us to do. And Nathan, maybe someone is new to our ministry and they're not um, familiar with the content and also the way that they can get these wonderful resources. Can you share with them what we do and how they can get a hold of our resources? Oh, absolutely. Well, if you tune into The Truth Will Set You Free, uh it's our podcast of Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, through our own website at ChristInProphecy.org or through our RSS feed, and now on Pray.com. So we're hoping a lot more people will tune in on Pray.com. It's supposedly able to reach 13 million people. So uh, if that's the case, then uh, we hope all all 13 million start tuning in. Wouldn't that be great, Vic? But that would be fantastic, Nathan. Wouldn't that be yeah, 13 million people? You know, they'd start thinking we're Seth Rogen or whoever. The, some of these <laughs> other guys. No, but that's not our purpose. Our purpose is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ uh, with the signs of the times point to the, the nearness of what Christ preached in Luke 21, Matthew 24, and many other passages. Our king is coming home. And uh, to take us home to be with him, he's returning soon. And so we just praise the Lord for that. And uh, we want you to get excited like we are. Uh, Vic and I have been, this is our what, 12th season on this Truth Will Set You Free program. And uh, we have just know that the Lord's coming every day closer and closer. And we hope you're as excited about it as we are. Well, and as we look back at this year, God has really blessed the ministry and given us the opportunity to share the gospel with many people. We've done multiple conferences, the annual conference. You've done a number of conferences this past year, and we've had a great response on YouTube from our annual conference. So as we look back at the year, what a blessing it has been, right, Nathan? Yeah, I, you know, it's 2022 has been a pretty a banner year for ministry, for Lamb and Lion Ministries. Praise the Lord. And uh, we thank you for all of you who tuned in and shared it with us. And 
we hope that you're growing in, in your relationship with Jesus Christ just as we are and as we study along through the book of Ezekiel. Uh, Vic and I learn and grow, and as we teach it, I think if you teach something, you actually you learn it even better because you have to do all the background and studying, and, and it becomes part of you so much. So I, I pray that as you study along with us in Ezekiel that you in turn turn around and share the, the book and the whole Bible to other people as well and help them have that same excitement for the Lord and his soon return as we do. Ooh, we love that. And with well said, Nathan. And with that, we do want to encourage you that are tuned into our program to get your Bibles and go with us to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 19. As this uh, in this segment, we want to pick it up in verse 10. But of course, we were looking at Ezekiel as the Lord is speaking to Ezekiel, communicating to the people of Israel. And it has to do with their Israel's spiritual condition. And at this point, their spiritual condition is described as being very sad. So Ezekiel brings forth what is called a lamentation. And Nathan, you and I, we actually taught through the entire book of Lamentation because it was a wonderful prophetic book. And oftentimes people don't correlate that with prophecy. Well, uh, for a little background here, uh, Jeremiah, who's the prophet uh, that precedes Ezekiel, uh, his lamentation was about the destruction of uh, Judah and Jerusalem, which is what Ezekiel is living now. Ezekiel's message to the people in Jerusalem, which is the last stronghold of Israel. Most of it is uh, the northern 10 tribes were taken away in 70 722 B.C. Uh, up to uh, Assyria. And then now the Babylonians, which is present day Iraq, were taking up and, and exiling all the Jewish people out of Judah and Benjamin. And what this point is that there's only Jerusalem. It's under siege by King Nebuchadnezzar. And Ezekiel is sending out these prophecies down to the people because he's already been taken in exile to let them know. So it, it coincides with the book of Lamentations because Lamentations is Jeremiah who's already in Jerusalem. And he's trying to warn the king, just like Ezekiel is, that, that Jerusalem's going to fall and the Jewish people are going to be taken into exile for their sins and continued century after century rebellion against God. And so he's lamenting about the destruction of their city. So, yes, a lamentations here in Ezekiel 19 is very fitting. Absolutely. And Nathan, as we pick it up, we see, of course, part of this lamentation in the second portion of chapter 19. Uh, Nathan, will you be able to read for us there chapter 19, verses 10 through 12? And I'll pick it up verses 13 through 14 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Yeah, let's pick up verse 10. Your mother was like a vine in your bloodline, planted by the waters, fruitful and full of branches because of many waters. She had strong branches for scepters of rulers. She towered in stature above the thick branches and was seen in her height amid the dense foliage. But she was plucked up in fury. She was cast down to the ground and the east wind dried her fruit. Her strong branches were broken and withered and fire consumed them. Verse 13, and now she is planted in the wilderness in a dry and thirsty land. Fire has come out from a rod of her branches and devoured her fruit so that she has no strong branch, a scepter of her ruling. This is a lamentation and has become a lamentation. And there we have it again, right, Nathan, the spiritual condition of Israel that they were in. Yeah, and God is here through Ezekiel comparing Israel to a a bush or a plant and basically what it was is at one time with you know when it followed god and loved him it was one of the mightiest of trees uh, during solomon's time israel was considered the the powerhouse in the mediterranean uh, region the, the middle east 
And yet now we see that after years and years of rebellion against God and turning against him and the sin and becoming even more wicked than their neighbors, then the Lord is like, all right, it's time for exile, just as Moses prophesied uh, shortly before he died, that if the Jewish people continued in rebellion against God, he would send them into exile. And that's what he's doing now. So here we got a comparison here of uh, Israel to a, a vine or a bush or something that that grew and created kings like Solomon and David and all, but now has been replanted in the wilderness. There's not enough uh, water. We're talking about spiritual thirst here to, for it to grow. It loses its power. It can't produce kings at the current time. And so uh, this is what this, the condition of Israel is. So it's a, a story. It's almost like a parable, really. It's an earthly story with heavenly meaning. Yeah, yeah, and Nathan, and this is nothing new. Even in the in the New Testament and throughout the Bibles, we see the Lord making this comparison uh, of vines and trees and different ways to speak to the people uh, at the time. And and uh, and of course, like anything else, uh, you know, when you plant something in in water uh, with the right soil, it blossoms, it produces fruit, it becomes strong. But of course, when you plant something in the desert where it's lacking water, uh, it's not going to be fortified. It's not going to be strong. And Jeremiah also made a reference to this in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 21, as well as Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 9. Uh, and uh, Nathan, I, I love what it says, Jeremiah chapter uh, 2, verse 21. It says, yet I have planted you a noble vine, a seed of highest quality. How then have you turned before me into that degenerate plant of an alien vine? In other words, God's people here, right, Nathan, their spiritual condition has changed as they've turned away from God. Yeah, and it, it's interesting about a vine. Uh, I have wisteria grown in my backyard, and if you don't constantly prune, prune them and protect them and, and nurture them, then they grow wild and they take over everything. So, man, as beautiful as the flowers are in the spring, they're a lot of work to maintain and this is how the Lord sees Israel, you know, he, as a seedling that he planted and grew and continued to cultivate and take lots of work and show his love. And, and, and the result is he wanted to see fruit, spiritual fruit. The Jewish people as a nation were meant to be uh, that, that they live godly lives and worship the Lord. And then other nations around would see them and want to know more about Yahweh and become uh, not Jews per se, but, but, but they would want to be followers of God. And that they, failed miserably. They just couldn't keep the law. They rebelled against God. They were always swept up in some kind of, idol some kind of idolatry from their neighbors. And so it became a wild vine. And so I, I, I like that what it says here in Jeremiah 20, 2.21, Jeremiah calls Israel a degenerate plant. <laughs> I've never heard that term before except for here, a degenerate plant. And Nathan, we do have plants that are degenerate. They just seem to be of no good use. <laughs> it's almost like, well, what am I going to do with this thing? I might as well just cut it down uh, and get rid of it, you know? And I think that's the truth. God's plan for our lives as believers is to bring forth fruit, to bring forth much fruit. Oftentimes, according to John 15, God will prune us so that we will bear more fruit. But after a while, if something is just not producing, it's just consuming, uh, then oftentimes you just cut it down, uh, get rid of it, and maybe start over. You know, Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 9, and Nathan, also another reference there, of course, speaking to Israel, it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, they shall thoroughly glean as a vine the remnant of Israel, as a grape gathered, 
put your hand back into the branches. So we know that these are clear references to the nation of Israel uh, being depicted as a tree, as a vine. Yeah, and Jesus would again pick up this same uh, discussion when you read in uh, let's see, go to Matthew 21, uh, 18 about the fig tree. He says, now in the morning as he, Jesus, returned to the city, he was hungry and seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, well, let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, well, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. And later there's, uh, there, the, there's an other renditions, of course, in the Gospels about this. But Jesus was using the withered fig tree to show a sign of what happens to Israel as a nation. That Israel, of course, after the exile, it's, we're moving in the future here from the 500s B.C., uh, around 520, the Jewish people had been allowed to return, a remnant of them, and rebuild the temple. Uh, but again, they fell into to sin, and eventually for 400 years, uh, the Lord didn't speak to them until Jesus came and the forerunner, John the Baptist. And uh, so they were nation once more, but under, by that time, Roman occupation. And the Lord said that they would remain under being trampled by the time in the, the Gentiles into the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. But just before that, that the fig tree would reblossom. And so Israel is that fig tree that reblossom. And, and true to prophecy, in May of 1948, Israel as a nation came back to life again. I mean, wait till we get to Ezekiel chapters 36 and 37. Brother, that's exciting, right? The Valley of Dry Bones. And Jesus will show us that the nation of Israel would come back to life again in the last days before his return. And you and I, we all folks are living in that time. That is so exciting. Thank you, Nathan. Again, for those of you that just tuned into the program, you're tuned into the Truth Who Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones. Uh, so looking at the book of Ezekiel, how God is dealing with the nation of Israel and their spiritual condition. Uh, Nathan, that is fantastic. And that is history. We see God dealing with his people. We said we see them going to captivity. God delivers them again. God loves the Jewish people. God is not through with them. He has a plan for them, just like a plant, like a vine. Uh, uh, he is pruning them so that they will bring forth much fruit. Unfortunately, that pruning is not an easy process, right, Nathan? Because we see that oftentimes uh, God has to cut off and send them into a captivity for a period of time until they could hopefully learn their lesson. But the idea is that God is trying to build them up, not totally uh, destroy them. And that's why some people think that God is through with Israel, that he's done with them. Absolutely not. As we continue to look at Ezekiel chapter 20, we see that they do go into captivity by different nations, but God continues to bring about his message that he wants them uh, to repent. And Nathan, that is sad when people have a misunderstanding of God's future plan for Israel, like so many do today. And that's beautifully said. It's like, why is God sending him to exile? Big question, right? Well, we, we know the reasons. We know that the how the Jewish people behaved. They became steeped in sin and evil. They were sacrificing their children to Molech. They were uh, sleeping around. They were, they were abusing the poor. I mean, they were awful, awful examples. Satan had corrupted them so badly so their witness would be lost. Uh, but the Lord doesn't mean that he gives up on his covenantal promises. And his promise was that the Jewish people would be his people, and they did. And uh, so today, though, there's still promises that the Lord has for the Jewish people. For one, 
Jesus said that he would not return into a remnant of the Jewish people cried out, blessed is he who is, comes in the name of the Lord. And so we need a believing remnant of Jewish people to be there to call out for the Lord, for the Lord to come and rescue them from the this time of Jacob's trouble, as Jeremiah 30, verse 7 says, a terrible time is coming, and uh, it is coming soon. So, yeah, the Lord hasn't given up on Israel yet, and we can look to Israel as God's prophetic time clock, pointing us to the fact that he is indeed coming soon. Now, to answer our question, why is the Lord doing this? Is because he, he punishes, not just to punish, but for the purpose of restoring a right relationship with him. He wants us to, to repent and apologize, turn from our sins, ask him to be the Lord and Savior of our lives. And so that relationship is restored again. That's what the Lord wants. I, I, it's frustrating. Like children, little children will see the punishment but not understand the reasons behind it, what it's trying to accomplish. And anytime the Lord punishes, the purpose isn't just to punish for the sin, but to what he wants to accomplish is a restoration of the right relationship with him. Nate, I love that. And, you know, sometimes because of our sin, because of our behavior, God will sometimes go silent and he will not uh, hear our prayers or answer our prayers. Uh, and, and as we look now at uh, Ezekiel chapter 20, we begin to see this happen with the leadership of Israel. Oftentimes that corruption starts uh, with the leaders, with the people up top, and it trickles down uh, to the people on the bottom. Uh, we can liken the spiritual condition of the United States of America much with the spiritual condition of Israel back in the day. And, and today, even the U.S., the United States of America, because of sad leadership, Nathan, uh, our country suffers. And, and oftentimes people say, well, why hasn't God dealt with this situation? Well, sometimes God remains silent until we uh, can get our act together and repent and turn from our sins, turn from our wicked ways. And I think you would agree, Nathan, that that's partially what we're seeing in, in, in the United States of America. Our spiritual condition is not much different <laughs> than the one of Israel back in the days. Yeah, you, you can't look to Israel and say, oh, that was Israel's problem. Only they dealt with it. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. I mean, that's what the Bible teaches uh, in Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, even and especially nationally. And you use the word sad for our current state of government. Brother, you can't you couldn't be more truthful than that. I mean, this is the in my 50 years, I have never seen such an incompetent bunch of boobs in charge of the government. At every level, their corruption just oozes out of them. Uh, the cheating and the bad decision-making and the, uh, this recent uh, Respect for Marriage Act, which is really a respect for gay marriage, and if you speak out against it, then we will sue you into oblivion, is really what the act ought to be called. Uh, just endless evil under the sun. And uh, the Lord doesn't want that. He prophesies a time where he will destroy the power of Gentile world government and set up his own kingdom on this earth of peace and righteousness and justice. But, brother, right now we, we labor under failed, flawed human government uh, because we're sinful people. And a lot of us, if we were put in charge, we'd say, oh, yeah, we do a lot better, but our own sins would cause us to make mistakes as well, right? Absolutely, Nathan. And well, we can learn from the past if we choose to, because we see this example as we dive in here to chapter 20 of the book of Ezekiel, where it brings about some very important truths uh, that we need to pay attention to as well. So, Nathan, will you be able to read for us chapter 20, verses 1 through 5? And I'll pick it up in verses 6 through 9 again, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible so they can follow along with us. We'll pick it up in verse 1. It came to pass in the seventh year 
in the fifth month, on the tenth day of the month, that certain of the elders of Israel came to inquire of the Lord and sat before me. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the elders of Israel and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Have you come to inquire of me as I live, says the Lord God? I will not be inquired of by you. Will you judge them, son of man? Will you judge them? Then make known to them the abominations of their fathers. Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, on the day when I chose Israel and raised my hand in an oath to the descendants of the house of Jacob and made myself known to them in the land of Egypt, I raised my hand in an oath to them, saying, I am the Lord your God. Verse 6 says, On that day I raised my hand in an oath to them to bring them out of the land of Egypt into the land that I have searched out for them, flowing with milk and honey, the glory of all lands. Then I said to them, Each of you, no... Excuse me, throw away your abominations which are before his eyes and do not defile yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God, but they rebelled against me and would not obey me. They did not all cast away the abominations which were before their eyes, nor did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said, I will pour out my fury on them and, and fulfill my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. But verse nine, I acted for my name's sake that it would not be profaned before the Gentiles among whom they were, in whose sight I had made myself known to them to bring out of the land of Egypt. And Nathan, here is this leadership inquiring of the Lord, and he says, I will not be inquired of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he's going back in history. So we're talking about 600 B.C. He's talking about 1300 B.C. So about 700 years earlier, he's saying, hey, you were a bunch of slaves living in the land of Egypt. I could have left you there, but hey, I loved Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I made a promise to their descendants that, that they would become a people group. So for 400 years, as they lived in Egypt and eventually became slaves, I rescued them. I mean, they should be really thankful for this, is kind of what God's saying. But how did they repay me? They constantly chased it after idols. Now, idols were competing for God's worship. And when we say worship, we don't mean that God's got a massive ego trip and needs needs the attention of people what we're saying is it's thanksgiving a uh, love showing our love and thanksgiving to god for all the great blessings and love he shows us but the people were giving it to worthless idols to the demons that were behind the idols and he's like what so here you come to me now trying to save your bacon basically because nebuchadnezzar is knocking on your door and he wants to exile you all and you're now coming to me looking for help but you guys ran the idols for the last 700 years so what do you expect me to say? Is kind of, That's the Nathan Jones paraphrase for you there. <laughs> I love it. But Nathan, I mean, verse 7 and 8 there, those are key in chapter 20 because clearly he says, Then I said to them, you know, like a father speaking to your children, each of you throw away your abominations, which are before his eyes. Nathan, I believe that's what God is saying to our nation, to the people living in this country. Hey, each of you. As individuals, throw away your abominations. Uh, you know, Nathan, and, and I think that that it, that it comes down to a personal responsibility as well. We have a responsibility as a nation, but I think as individuals, we also have uh, uh, individual choices that we make that affect our nation. Absolutely. I mean, think about what the word abomination means. He's not saying, oh, no, your sins or your bad choices. No, he's calling them abominations. Like an abomination is something that's so horrible. It's a freak of nature. It goes against natural, uh, the way that God set everything up to naturally work. 
So what do we mean by abominations? Well, telling your children that they can choose their gender or there's no genders, that they should mutilate themselves to become something else, that you can register yourself as a deer or a dog or a cat, uh, you know, that, that you should drown yourself in drugs and alcohol, that you should have sex with anything and anyone, anywhere at any time, uh, that you should chase after the idols of self and money and pleasure. I mean, all these things will destroy you. But God says, these are abominations. These are not how the world is supposed to set up to be worked. They go against the natural flow of things. And it's sin, I mean, but it's sin to the level of that, you know, if you remember Sodom and Gomorrah, they were so abominable that the Lord nuked them basically with fire and sulfur and burned the whole area. You go to the Dead Sea area and it's dead. That was the area of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so he says, you chose abominations over the love and grace of God. I mean, it shows how really what a wicked, depraved people we've become. Wow, Nathan, and and that's that's it's it's an eye opener because it's a cause uh, for repentance for individuals as a as a people as a nation. And uh, today we re we recognize that we're facing uh, we're we're soon going to be facing the judgment of God as a nation if we are if if we don't turn from our wicked ways and you know today people get offended when you call them sinners so you need to repent from your sins and they're like how dare you call me a sinner i'm a good person uh, and we don't know good person gets into heaven only those that have been saved by the blood of jesus christ so the reality is yes like you said nathan we're all sinners we have fallen short of the glory of god we really have been worshiping idols in different ways uh, in our hearts. Uh, sometimes people, like you said, they think it's bowing down to a statue and image, but really uh, in our hearts, we start placing our idols and then we put God second, third, and eventually last. And God wants to be first uh, uh, in our lives. And, and that's you. If, if, if you have not made God first in your life, if you have allowed idols to creep into your heart, Maybe the Lord might be knocking on your heart right now and saying, hey, let's put away those idols and let me come in and clean house. And Nathan, sometimes people think that they have to clean themselves up before they let the Lord in. But the Lord is the one that does the cleaning up if they let him in. Right. If you're covered in mud and filth and you're trying to clean yourself up, how are you supposed to do that? You're, you're totally muddy. You need some external source. You need water and soap and things like that. And that's what the Lord, the Holy Spirit is. Uh, you need God to wash your soul clean. And he does that by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus shed his blood on the cross and took our punishment onto himself so that we could, when we put our faith and trust in him, that blood purifies us and we're made holy before God. We are cleansed. We are clean. And then we can go back in that perfect relationship with God again, like Adam and Eve had. They walked and talked and had fellowship with God because there was no sin between them. Until we get rid of the sin, there is still that barrier between us that prevents us to spending eternity with our loving Father. Mm, well said, Nathan. And maybe you are tuned into our program right now, or you're watching, or excuse me, listening to our program via a Pray.com app or uh, some other source, or maybe through the Christ in Prophecy website, uh, uh, podcast, and you don't know Jesus, and, and you realize, you know, I, I do need God. I, I want a relationship with him. I, I want to get out of the mud, and I want to be cleansed by God. Uh, Nathan, would you be able to share with that person briefly how they can come to Christ even right now and get cleaned up by his Holy Spirit? John 3.36 warns, he says, he who believes in the Son, Jesus, has eternal life, but he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, 
but the wrath of God abides on him. If you haven't repented and put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and your Savior, then the wrath of God still remains on you. You are destined to hell, the lake of fire, that we were born in sin and we will die eternally in sin. And that's why we need a Savior to save us, to rescue us from our sin. Jesus did that. He loves you so much. He died on the cross for your sins. He took that punishment onto himself, but and he offers it as a free gift to you that if you put your faith and trust in him, repent of your sins, then you will be saved and you will be cleansed, made purified, and then you can stand before the Father one day. So if you haven't accepted Christ yet, then now's the time. Feel the tug of the Holy Spirit. Pray from your heart. Something like, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a savior. I know I'm going to hell. Uh, forgive me, Lord. Please forgive me. I, I want you to be the Lord and savior of my life. Jesus will save you. Your guilt will be washed away and you'll inherit eternal life with him. Mm, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan. Hey, if you pray that prayer, reach out to us, 305-992-9537, ChristinProphecy.org. We'd love to give you a Bible and a Bible study guide and rejoice with you for this wonderful relationship. Nathan, what a wonderful way to close this segment of the program. Thank you so much for sharing that invitation. You're welcome. God bless you all. And of course, we run out of time for this segment of the program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, saying goodbye. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. We hope you guys have a wonderful week. The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life.